0: So, um, I'm Neve, and this is Mike, and we said what we wanted to do was for you to be able to take something away with you today. Um, one size doesn't fit all, and we know that, but we thought if there was um, an idea that maybe you could have a look at, and so we've called it having a plan uh, for your evenings for when your child or your young person is in crisis.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, so when we were looking at uh, what we was going to do today, uh, I guess we're basically looking at some something that maybe a lot of us have experienced. Uh, we all try and have the perfect routine on an evening, but it doesn't go to plan most of the time. Uh, we get the, quite often we get sort of low level um, refusal to follow instructions or anxieties around that. And then quite often it can turn to sort of, Crisis where a young person can become distressed, um, possible disruptive, challenging behaviors can happen, screaming, shouting, hitting out. Um, yeah, also it doesn't necessarily have to be aggressive behaviors. Um, quite often, it can be sort of lower level, uh, refusing to follow instructions, withdrawn. but it's important to remember that this sort of behavior which is quite common in a lot of homes. Um, can impact on the whole family, um, particularly the parents, can have feelings of self-doubt, um, feelings of failure, uh, frustration. Yeah, that feeling of this is just happening to us, um, there's also a potential impact on siblings and obviously a young person involved.
0: Okay. Um, And the approach that we use here at Pontville, uh, we were talking earlier how Paul coordinates our um, PBS approach, so our positive behaviour support, is really we found when that was introduced that it wasn't doing anything different, but it was putting a label on what we were already doing. So it's looking at what the process is for a young person when they are in crisis and what can we do to help at each stage. So the first thing we've got is the um, back here at number one. This is where you're going to. This is where your conflict is beginning to start. They're looking a little bit grumpy. You can see they're, they're withdrawing eye contact. They're, you'll know your young person's tell for when something is beginning to annoy them or upset them, um, or you can predict it in advance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Um, And this is what we're saying, that parents, you spend so much time with your young people, you know them best, um, and that's why we wanted to give something that you could build build upon. Um, And also when we're looking at these in school, we're doing it um, through discussion with the young person and through discussion with parents as well. So back at stage 1, That's where it's beginning to start, and so you'll have certain strategies that you know will work in that place. It might be a bit of distraction, a little bit of humour, although I was saying earlier that if I'm getting grumpy and you do humour, that will escalate me quite quickly. (laughs) Then there's the escalation, there's still opportunities at stage two, you'll have different strategies that you can use, um, but there'll be opportunities there for you to be able to um, to de-escalate at that point I, I should have said prior to number one there are your proactive strategies so there are the strategies that you use all day every day the avoiding different situations that you know are going to be difficult the, um, I was saying I have an entertainment bag for my kids because we do a lot of traveling and um, so I know if I keep that stocked, I can just pick it by the door I can just pick it up It's got some food, it's got what they're interested in at the moment in it, and I can bring that with me, and that's my proactive strategy for boredom. Then you get to number three, which is your stalemate. And We were talking as well earlier about how, at this point, what you're doing is you want to keep everybody safe, and that's your priority at that time. Then, once things start to de-escalate... The one thing that can bring things back to the escalation, back to number three, is if we start discussing it. Um, if we start trying to put things into place there, it can be really difficult. What we want to do is lower demands there. The resolution, and we were saying this is really important um, because you're young person, there will have been a reason that we've got to this stage. Um, and so you want to look at and it'll differ with different young people as to what you do to discuss what they could have done differently next time there will be a big gap between number four and number five there could be hours between them it could be a day um, there's one parent that i work with and she says to her son because he gets in a loop and he hates doing something wrong So if he knows that something has happened um, and he wants to get it sorted straight away, but if he tries to do it straight away, he gets caught in a loop and he's talking through it and he cannot get out of it. Um, So what she's found for the resolution stage is she says, we will talk about that next Tuesday. And that he is used to, he's happy with that. He knows how she's going to do it, that it's not a telling off. He knows that they're going to discuss it then, and by then he's feeling calmer about it, and then she can do that. And then the collaborative, and that's working together, doing something nice together, repairing that relationship. And that's difficult for us, because sometimes we're holding a bit of the what's been said to you when it was happening, what, um, what has happened, what you've been through. Um, so that can be a difficult one for us. Um, but it's really important. Okay, so we did um, from our PBS, this is more detailed, and um, so we just thought we'd include it in your handouts. So, the functions of behaviour, and I've borrowed this from a uh, talk Heather's given to our school staff, and you'll see that's a running theme throughout our talk today. We've borrowed a lot from Heather's talk. Uh, so, looking at if they've got Pain. Um, if there's something going on, a toothache, an earache, um, hay fever at the moment, uh, that's they're all things that can lead, can be expressed um, or communicated through a challenging behaviour. Um, seeking attention or interaction um, can often is done through a behaviour. Escaping demands. So it's, do you get a young person who's going to do something to avoid doing something else? Um, tangible reasons. So needing food, needing the toilet, but not being able to express it at that time. So it might be they have the language ability to express it, but are feeling really anxious or stressed, or they're in a new situation, or they're with a different person, so they can't express it verbally. And sensory or stimulation. Stimulation. Um, I liken that to, I once had, and anybody who suffers from migraine, I know somebody told me earlier they did, um, a migraine in Tesco's, and it's not a pleasant place to have a migraine because my sense of smell was heightened, my sense of sound was heightened, my vision was blurry, I was really stressed because I had two young children with me, needed to get the shopping done, needed to get someplace, I couldn't drive, I couldn't do anything, um, and I was my stress levels were just going up and up and up, um, and that's, I just had sensory overload at that point.
1: So if we start looking at potential things that you can do, uh, it's important that it's important to know the child. So I think you left when you mentioned when we mentioned sort of the possible early stages of. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 important to know, it's important to know. <laughs> The potential triggers, potential uh, incidents that could lead to a crisis. Uh, my background is working with residential children so I learnt the hard way that you need to know the child that you're working with. Um, yeah, So following that, it's important to, especially with a lot of the children that we work with and a lot of children that uh, come to pumpville that consistency with routines and boundaries is important. And that helps the child to feel safe and secure. Um, and that just keeps keeps them at, Hopefully, that lower lower level, of the baseline. Um, I think it's important when you do have the good evenings or the good routines that work well, get that positive praise in. It's quite easy to focus on the negative experiences and talk about that, but to focus on the positive praise sort of re reinforces that behaviour and uh, that you know that you're, you're proud of it behaviour or the night that's happened. Um, I think this is important as well, so be accepting and understanding of child's thoughts and feelings, so keep in mind everything that has been discussed today in terms of um, anxieties, whether they've brought anxieties home from school, uh, stress, stressful situations.
0: And I think that's something that it's difficult um, as professionals in uh, mainstream education to remember, that I think People don't look at what the young person's perspective is and what their thoughts on fea- and feelings on an incident or on, on a, something that's happened. Yeah, that.
1: and it is it is, some, it is quite hard to keep that in mind, but try your best. <laughs> um, and as Neva said, it, it, following an incident, it's, it, it is important to repair the relationship. Um, if this sort of part of the uh, process is missed, it can lead to a child feeling. Uh, un- unloved, or feel that uh, they are bad. Um, so it's important to repair the relationship, to to let them know that you're still there to care for them and offer that support. So, carrying on. So it's important to realise that you're not alone in this. There are, as I said before, I'm sure everyone's had nights where they feel like tearing her hair out. Or as I'm sure, I'm sure they have. Uh, so it's important to take take advantage of support networks. Talk to professionals from from Pontville, from schools, um, and you know, get support from your family and friends because you do need it. It can be quite stressful. And following on from that, look at looking after your own well being. It's important to take a break when possible. So it's important to maybe change 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 whoever's dealing with that situation at the time, make sure that you, you do have relaxation time after it as well. Um, as Neva said, so if we're looking at sort of level one, level two, it's important to sort of have a pre-arranged plan. So if you know that you're doing in a, going into a situation that could be tricky, it's important to identify what could be challenging and sort of passing that on to the young person and managing that. Um, following on from incidents, it's important to sort of reflect on what went well and what didn't go well. Um, Again, that will differ for each individual and hopefully learn from the mistakes. Uh, This one says don't blame yourself, but I think it should be sort of don't, don't feel like a failure. It happens to everyone. We're not machines. We're not robots.
0: We were at training recently and somebody asked, could any parent in the room who has never made a mistake stand up, please? And needless to say, nobody in the place stood up.
1: Yeah, so it's important to remember that yeah, everyone's going to make mistakes, it's just about how you can learn from them. So this one should, I think, should say what we can do really, shouldn't it, as a school? Yes. So, <clears throat> a lot of young people, they present the difficult, disruptive behaviours on an evening because um, they have that secure attachment with, with yourselves, with parents. So in a way, it's sort of good that they're doing it because they feel safe enough to do that. Um, and that's why possibly they're bottling it up in school. So Pontville do, do provide safe, safe places for them to um, sort of feel safe and secure and hopefully release some of that anxiety and a platform to talk about it within the school environments. Um, there's ways to build uh, self-esteem and self-worth, so that positive praise that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, so if, if a child does have low self-esteem, they can have potential positive diaries, um, emotional check during the day, whether that's with uh, school staff. Um, so, yeah, if, if this is an issue for a, uh, a young person, um, it's important to get that uh, to the SENCO. So we have uh, a SENCO uh, in school that can discuss this with the parents. Um, again, this is probably something that's been mentioned already today, so low-demand timetables have, have been really effective in reducing levels of anxiety. Um,
0: Particularly in that
1: half an hour before you go
0: home, if you can have low-demand time at that time, because the journey is probably going to be quite <coughs> stressful, then that helps. We've, we've seen where that's helped and supported parents at home. Um, and you can request um, that your... school. I can't guarantee that they can all do it, but you can request that if there was, if they could be sent on a job if that's their thing, or they could have some time in a quiet room themselves, or colouring if that's an activity that motivates them at the end of the school day, so that there's a positive end to the day, then there's more likely to be a positive start the next day.
1: Yeah. So. We keep re really sort of going back over this structure and routine. It's really important for a, a lot of our young people. Um, have a stru- have an evening structure in place. Um, even a timetable, visual cues can be useful. Um, yeah, as part of the uh, Pontville way, we we can provide assessments, OT assessments, sensory profiles. Um, anything that can look at ways to support a young person in school and also at home. Communication obviously is key, so again referring back to what I said earlier, it's about making sure that the child understands that you are supportive, that you are there for them. Um, I know it can be hard when they maybe had you up for four or five hours and refusing to go to sleep or um, throwing books around, but it's important to let them know that you are understanding of how they're feeling. Easier said than done. And again, the visual cue prompt. So I work with a lot of young people um, in residential homes <coughs> who need sort of uh, visual cues for shower routines, uh, brushing the teeth, bedtime routine, and it, it's really effective in sort of managing their levels of anxiety.
0: OK, so. The incredible five-point scale is a book um, that's available on Amazon. And basically what this this does is it looks at lots of different areas and it gives you um, a, a plan of what you can do in response. It started off as a visual to show students... Um, so we've used it in school about volume, haven't we, as well? Yeah, yeah so where three is your uh, normal speaking voice, um, five is shouting and one is whispering. Um, for young people who talk very quietly, it's useful to have a visual as to you know, which voice you use in which room, what's appropriate. Um, and also for our young people who can be quite boisterous as well. Um, And what you've done a lot of work on, Heather, is um, adapting that then to tie in with our PBS and for our young people to develop their own plan for what they can do when they're feeling stressed. Um, Okay. So it's really important to talk it through with the young person. For some young people, um, because obviously you're going to pitch it at their um, communication level, so for some young people, you're going to... Uh, start the conversation with them straight off. For some, you might put a couple of things down um, uh, that act as a scaffold for your conversation so that then you're able to talk it through with them. So, this we've just added this... um, in, uh, just for you to have at home, but we're not actually going to run through it now at all, I'm afraid.
1: So just going back over a few things, um, if possible, sort of recognise when a child is at the stage one, stage two of that sort of crisis picture that we had before, earlier intervention, the less less of a difficult night that you're going to have. <laughs> um, Again, be consistent, that consistency and approach with the structure and the routine can help a child feel less anxious, less stressed. Again, it's important to remember that the world is stressful for for yourselves and for the young people, so just sort of take that time to sort of look after yourselves. Um, It is okay to do something positive after, so although you you want to make sure that the child is aware that the, the behaviour isn't acceptable, you also want the child to be aware that we still love them, and you want to do good things together as a family. Um, and yeah, you are one person; you're not a machine. It's it's you're not going to be perfect every time. Mistakes will happen, but just try and learn from them.
0: And also, this won't work with everyone, um, but it's just an one idea that you might want to to. Um, but Heather, you put together the more colourful, more interesting ones that we have here, um, where you've used the young person's interest.
2: Yeah, because that can be really, really powerful if, if the young person has something that they're really, really into. Um, it can actually be really, really powerful in creating behaviour change. So um, it can stick with one theme, so all my, my characters, but... I have had young people have different pictures for different things at each stage. So they might have a little bit of characters from games that they like. They might have their pet at number one because their pet is something stroking their pet is a very very calming activity. So that symbolises a number zero or a number one on the scale. I have had a young person as well. This was a, an older teen, a girl who's in her teens, and she had her crush at the time as number one because you know whenever she thought about him, that really diffused the situation. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it can look like that and have a fee, but it doesn't have to. Pictures from different things at different levels that are relevant for the young person can be used. But I would say try and get their input and try and get them to put their own interests on because, um, you know, if, if a young person really admires somebody, that can be really powerful in, in, in creating change.
0: The other thing I really like about this one is it talks about what the um, young person feels like at the different levels um what they're feeling like um, but then also what it will look like to others because some of our young people, um, we have one young person who says he's feeling very angry, now that we've worked with him for three years we know that angry describes any strong emotion he's feeling. It it doesn't necessarily mean angry, so it's really helpful to have what it looks like, what we'll see um, when they're feeling um, when they're revving up, Um, and these are words that the young person has come up with himself as well, generated himself for these. And then it's important to put, what can we do at that point? So one of the things we put in here is, it might be that at number level five, you're saying, actually, this is the point where we remove TVs from the area, we remove siblings, and one person monitors from a safe distance. Um, but I think if you've thought of that in advance, and have that plan in place, then it's easier for everybody to know what it is we're going to do. Around, um, so to, on. The there's also a section on support. We're very lucky here that we've a family liaison officer, um, and she's fantastic, um, and she liaises with our families, um, she um, and she has provided me with this information as well. Um, also, your senko in your school is going to be really key person for you to um, interact with as well. Um, Sarah, our family liaison officer, was saying that I thought on the local offer from your local authority, and you probably already know this, um, but I didn't realise that not only does it give you all the schools that are in that authority, um, whether they're independent or not, but I didn't realise it also gives you the access to the support groups. Um, and she said that one of the things she's found very, very useful, and the parents have found very useful, is that social media support. So it's, you can dip in and out of it as it suits you and your family. Um, you can self-refer to the NHS to a speech and language therapist. Um, you can. Uh, Self-refer or go through your GP for an occupational therapist or a physiotherapist appointment. Um, Also, if you need to see your community paediatrician, if you're querying a diagnosis, for instance, uh, GP has the place to go. CAMs uh, are very helpful. Um, However, uh, Sarah's advice is, it's best if you're supported by a professional, So that, for instance, if your school is helping you to put in the referral, it's also, she said, if you don't meet threshold the first time, go away, collate more information, and go back, uh, was her advice. Uh, Ipsy provide legal support, and Sendus is parent partnership, and I've worked with parent partnership where they've supported parents through tribunals or towards... um, working towards finding the appropriate school for their young person. Um, On the next slide we've added some um, internet addresses, sorry, I'm having word finding today, Um, that you're free to use. Um, And that's it from us, it's just a, a whistle stop tour.